0: G'day and welcome to episode 125 of the pack of You Podcast. My name is Hayden Thompson and today's conversation is with Randy Sahoda, who is the director of Nationwide Natural Foods. Randy is also the owner of West Garner Foods, and now due to a recent acquisition, Randy is a managing partner of What the Flower. So during today's chat, Randy generously pulls back the curtain on distribution and provides us all with some great tips for brands currently working with or considering partnering with a distributor. We also dig into the story of his family's rich history in business and their journey of building their own brand, West Garner Foods. And we also touch on their recent acquisition of What The Flower, as I just mentioned. And Randy also shed some light on the delicate art of balancing business and family life, which we've spoken about quite a few times on this podcast because it resonates with all of you out there who've got little ones running around and uh, operating your business as well. Um, this was a really fun conversation with Randy. It's full of practical advice for you all that I think you'll all be able to use and implement within your business pretty much straight away. All right, let's get into it. Episode 125 with Randy Sahoda
1: randy welcome to the show thanks Adam. thanks for having me out it's a
0: pleasure mate thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to come on um okay. you and i were introduced via dominica bay correct how long are you known dominica for
1: uh we've been working together for almost about two years now um, okay and yeah she came to light when she first introduced me to uh Kula kitchen actually uh, last right, right.
0: year yeah okay Cool. Yeah. Very good, and mate, you're a pretty predominant dude in the industry. Um, you've been around for quite some time as well. But you founded Nationwide Natural Foods and also West Ghana Foods. Uh, they were both founded in 2019, correct?
1: Uh, no. So Nationwide Natural Foods has been around since 1984. Okay. Uh, the previous owner was uh, Mr. Aaron Stevens and Rhonda Stevens. Right. Who now own Nature's Path? Our family came into play in '87. Yeah. Um, and then in 2000, my dad's owned the company outright. I got involved quite heavily around uh two thousand exactly. Yeah. Because once my dad bought the company, I was like, okay, let's let's make a go of it. And then we basically started from two thousand, so the last twenty three years.
0: Got ya. got ya. It's been so... around since
1: eighty seven, just that we as a family ourselves, yeah, have owned the company outright since two thousand.
0: Awesome. And what was it that um your dad saw in the business to go, yeah, this is something that we want to look at?
1: So when my dad was a janitor over at LifeStream Natural Foods in the '70s, late '70s actually, Uh him being vegetarian, my uncle being vegetarian, and us having a farm back in India, um, and you know having a little produce stand or produce business, you want to call it. Uh So my dad's always had an inkling something along that line, and you know having being a farmer, it's a bit of a legacy. Uh Like the farm that we owned was basically second generation, or sorry, third generation. So in business. It's the same thing. You can pass it on from generation to generation. And that's kind of how we're trying to transition this company as I'm taking over.
0: That's exciting, mate. Was it something that you knew that was going to be on your horizon? Like, was it always something that was seated in your in your mind that you'd take over a family business
1: one day? No, never.
0: No? No. Yeah.
1: Was not was not in the works. I had no idea, to be honest with you. Um, but you know, when I once I turned 16, 17, I got more serious yeah i kind of was in the business
0: (laughs) (laughs) and where were you born and raised here locally or back in india yes
1: born in surrey raised in Merritt for about four or five years yeah and then back to surrey and then every spring break winter break till i was 13 i was in Merritt. okay
0: beautiful part of the world hey
1: yes it's mountains lots of snow which i love (laughs) Uh, my grandma's cooking love that too yeah Um, right so it's very nice very good, mate.
0: So where do you want to start the conversation? Obviously, Nationwide has got a long and rich history. Um, let's speak to the business specifically. What is it exactly that nationwide does and how does it sort of incorporate into the CBG world there for everybody listening?
1: So nationwide, even though it's, like so my background with the three years I had in retail, yeah. I kind of looked at what can nationwide offer to a retailer that others aren't doing as an extra service um that kind of goes unthanked. But uh-huh. you do get things because when the customer sees it, you're getting the orders. So we're like the extra legs in their store, the extra hands and eyes that other companies aren't doing today.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, we'll spend the time, walk the shelves, look at the holes, face the shelves, if we're allowed to, right, without breaking any rules. Um, and that's time consuming. Sometimes you win some sales, sometimes you lose some sales. But you know what? Yeah. A lot of these research are independently owned. They're, you know, mom and pops. They're, they're trying to make ends meet. They're spending 14, 16 hours a day in that store. Yeah. So for me to go in there for one hour, my reps to go in for an hour and help them out, you know, it goes a long way. And I feel that's something that we offer as a customer service level, hmm. at store level, where you don't see that today.
0: Yeah. How big is your team?
1: Uh, we're about twenty-two people. Okay. Not
0: small, not massive either. No. Perfect size.
1: Yeah, it's it's it, gets, it does get a bit overwhelming. Um, because yeah. we're getting some more brands in the portfolio. Yeah, I bet. so we got to put more legs on the street.
0: Yep. Very good. Mate, when you and I introduced each other on the phone a couple of weeks ago, it was off the back of the CHFA. How did you find that show?
1: Uh, so I, the first day, found it a little slower than the previous years. Yep. So that just tells me people are not comfortable. You know, they're revamping or just things are too busy for them or they can't find the staff to, so they can leave like they used to before. Yeah. So things have really changed at retail. Okay. Um, I did I saw some retailers, but not as many I've seen in the past.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I know Sunday was a lot slower, which it normally is, um, as previous years, because you know, when people come from the store on the off the island or the Kootenays or in the interior or Alberta, they do want to spend one day away from the show. Yeah. Go soak in the sun.
0: Yeah, go and check out it's, Vancouver. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's
1: cool to check it out. Like it's, it's natural instinct.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they might come in later or they might leave a little bit early. So you might lose that customer, but overall, it was it was pretty cool. It's great to be back alive, seeing you know people in person, shaking hands, talking to people, and just getting over the whole last two years.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a hell of a hurdle. Actually, one thing that both Dominica and I commented on was that we didn't see any sort of huge shift in terms of innovation in the industry. Like there was nothing that stood out as something that we hadn't seen before. Did you find that as well?
1: Yes. Well, no, yeah. actually, no, when I went into the incubator booth, yeah. There are a few upcoming brands that popped out of me being in the food space. Yeah. And looking at expanding my catalogue. So there's about five, six brands that I actually um gravitated towards. Yeah. So that was cool to see. And hopefully there's more of that next year.
0: Yeah. 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 Mate, speaking of um going out and procuring new brands for your business to represent as a distributor, can you sort of explain the process of how you sort of go about um, picking the businesses that you work with? What is it that you're looking for? Is it something special? Is it the founder story? Like what is it exactly that attracts you to a business?
1: Founder stories are always great. Yeah. Sometimes you feel bad for saying no because they're putting a lot of time and effort into it. Yeah. So what I look at is I look at, okay, the brand is local, the brand is Canadian, or the brand is American. Okay. Uh, or it can be from overseas, but I want to make sure they have a DC somewhere within North America. Yeah. Um, or down South, same thing. Um, I need a DC within North America, otherwise the costing, the fluctuating dollar, just mm. it's hit and miss, and the MOQs, which you know doesn't make sense either. Yeah. Sometimes, right? Um, so I try to start local with something that, that that kind of complements my catalog that I'm looking for. Um, if I can't find that, then I go something Canadian, um, and then from there I'll go to the states. If I can't find those kind of things, then if someone comes to me that says, "Hey, Randy," whether you're a retailer, or a broker, or a friend of the friend that's just looking for that shopping. That hey, I tried this brand; it's really good. You know what? I think you should carry it. Guess what? I will take the time and effort to listen to it. And I look for to make sure they got a distributor model in place, they got a marketing budget, they understand what you know MCBS are. If they don't, are they willing to learn what it's about? Mm-hmm. Are they willing to work with me? Are they willing to go to the stores themselves if they're local? If they're Canadian, are they going to have a someone in place to represent their brand at some point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Once we get my staff going somewhere, because we're not the end all be all, mm. right? Yes, I love your product, but my I'm sold by reps, but time is limited. They can't, with them going in and locking the shelves and trying to see a manager or a buyer, somebody else has to come and give the, give the extra oomph. A founder's voice, you can never replicate. The passion that's going to come out of for the brand, how they started how it tastes you can't duplicate that
2: hmm.
1: right yeah no you can tell for you sure. whole experience yeah yeah
0: that taste test is critical like do you make sure that you go and taste all of the products that you're presenting as well is it something that's a part of your repertoire no. is no
1: because I have a very different palette
0: mm-hmm.
1: so <clears throat> I look at products and I'm like okay what's it got in it can I read everything? Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh-huh. Now, what's it going to retail for?
2: Uh-huh.
1: Me as someone who's who's a shopper, am I going to buy this at that price? Yes uh-huh. or no? Uh-huh. And why am I going to buy it for this price? Does it tick all the boxes? Is it vegan? Is it plant based? Is it organic? Is it gluten free? Does it cater? To, is it halal? Is it kosher? If it's got those boxes, okay, I can understand. They paid for the paid for all. And it's non-GMO, and they paid for those kind of certifications. It makes sense. That's why the price is because those certificates cost an arm and a leg to get.
0: Yeah, don't they? Yeah, 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 for sure. There's a glass ceiling for everything, though. You know, even though it might have all the certs and you can sort of show the value of each proposition that you're representing, but there's only so much that a a consumer will pay. So it's kind of interesting, like when people go out there and do their analysis of, you know, where their competitors are at, how they can differentiate themselves you know, everybody wants a slice of that pie. So it's kind of important to make sure that everybody's margins are intact. Do you look at the pricing model of a product before it hits the shelf as well? And, you know, do you work with a business owner and go, you know what? Like there might still be some room to push the price up a little bit or that's overvalued. Like how do you sort of assess it?
1: No, I don't look at pushing the price up. Yeah. I want to push it down. Yeah. Yeah. I need to because me, so the manufacturer is going to sell to me. Yeah. His issues, he or she, Issue is done now because it's in my warehouse. Yeah, so I need a retailer to get it on their shelf.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Now technically, my issue is over, but it's not because I have still stock in my warehouse that I need. I need the retailer to sell into into a consumer's cupboard.
2: Uh-huh.
1: If that consumer is not buying it, or may have bought it once and isn't pleased with what they paid, they're not going to come back and buy it again. No. So now you got the rippling effect going back all the manufacturer. that can put them out of business, right?
0: Uh-huh. But if I
1: can help. Push the volume, put the retail down, and drive sales, and get the turns. Now we've got something rolling in the in the market. Uh-huh. Where
0: a where a uh, an item is placed in the grocery store is really critical. You know, it's got to be placed in the right position. Do you have any say over where it's located in the grocery store or how it's presented? You know, in that sort of part of I the ask. yeah. You ask yeah.
1: With with the big players, yeah, you get what you get really don't get no say but you make the suggestion that hey look you know based on your shelf the way it's already allocated
2: mm.
1: this will fit nicely in that spot without you realigning your shelf so it's kind of you're trying you got to sell it in a way where you get the what you want by telling them how they're going to save money on the time to realign something that they don't need to do mm. because the whole, the whole thing is you want to make sure there's no white space
2: uh-huh.
1: or they don't see the backing of the of the the back end of your shelf, yeah, got it. So, so that's that's how you got to kind of sell it to the the retailer.
0: Yeah, being a distributor, did it take you sort of a while to pick up sort of um, the ins and outs of that? You know, part of the world was it a hard sort of space to navigate, or are there a lot of people that you could sort of lean on for advice, or how was that sort of washed out for you?
1: Like with retailers, or.
0: Both, both, because you're sort of like the in-between. You're So you're like obviously speaking to retailers and trying to get products onto the shelf and represent a company. And then you're also working with a vendor, you know, and, um, you know, trying to ensure that the business case makes sense for every party involved. So how did you sort of find navigating that sort of, that area of working okay. in retail, so, uh, sorry, in distribution?
1: So how that all came about was when I had my retail store. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of learned like a manufacturer wants their product on the shelf. So there's these, you know, certain brokers have leverage or they've worked with the manufacturer to work out these deals where you can pass those savings on to a retailer. When I had my, when I was doing sales for my dad's company, some of that I had privilege, I I had privilege to, and some of that I didn't have privilege. So, but because of my retail experience, when I learned that, I figured out a way to make it work. So I kind of used my street smarts on, okay, hey, you know, I've got a store here that's looking to buy an X of product. I know there's this, there's kickback off the price, but they can buy They got to buy an X amount. Well, they're not big enough to buy the X amount, but I have space in my warehouse so that I can hold it for them. As long as they already buy everything and pay me for it. Uh-huh. So I would pitch that to the retailer saying, Hey, buy this at this price. I'll keep the rest on the back. You put it on the shelf. And every week when my driver's coming along, I'll drop off what you need.
0: So they don't have to warehouse it. You'll warehouse it for free. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And
1: then over that, I overcame some obstacles of offering extra service. Yeah. Also checking the inventory, checking the dates. Yeah. Working with the brokers more closely and just being like, yeah, you know what? They bought 75 cases. I have it. They got 25 in the store right now. And we're going to drop it off three times to them. So yeah. you get your display like you wanted, yeah. minimum 25 cases.
0: Yeah, got so it. you find the
1: little loopholes and you work around them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so important for all businesses, isn't it? To try and figure out a way through what seems like a challenge. Um, does that differentiate you when you're working, you know, when there are other so many other distributors out there? How do you sort of position yourself as sort of in a unique position?
1: You call, you get me. You email me. Before the end day, if not the next day, I will email you back. First of all, I apologize for being late Yeah. because I want to get my emails done before I go home, <laughs> Yeah. and I make sure that's done every single time.
0: Yeah, responsiveness.
1: It's like picking yeah. up a telephone. Yeah. You know, everyone here is is, is is and I love them for this, I go, look, treat your emails like a telephone. If somebody calls you, you answer. Yeah. Whether, you know, a storm's coming your way or not, just answer it. Yeah. Right? It's better than getting hit with an avalanche.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mate, Um, when you're working with a retailer and uh, obviously you're seeing sell-through, do you get data specifically from them or are you building your own data that you can give back to the brand? We, you do, know, we build our own in-house. You build your own in-house, yeah. yeah. And what are you looking for? Like, are you looking for turns? Are you looking for, like, what are the analytics or the KPIs that you're looking for and that's valuable for um the brands out there?
1: Customer feedback, the retailer's feedback. hmm um, how many cases in a month are going through that store yeah. or in a year?
3: Yeah.
1: And then when, they're, when the manufacturer or the vendor or the broker, every month we submit them reports. So if they ask, okay, want, where's my brand today? Mm-hmm. We'll run the report, send it back to them that here's where your brand's listed. So A, they can either put on their store, on their store lay kit and locate a report mm-hmm. uh, through, you know, through their website. Yeah. Or in case they're doing a convention or a consumer show. They have that information there to tell those consumers where
0: they can where shop. To go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredibly important. Um, the amount of websites that you go to and they don't have a store locator up to date—it's really frustrating. It is. <laughs> hey, tell me. There's. I live in Richmond, okay. and I'm interviewing a huge amount of you know entrepreneurs in the space that we're discussing today. And it really blows my mind how frequently I go to a store locator and I cannot find product in Richmond, Vancouver, Burnaby and surrounds like, yeah, no problem, especially for these smaller startup businesses. But there seems to be a dead spot in Richmond. What's with that?
1: Well, so if you look at, um, it's like three, same thing. You have only select stores in Surrey where you can go and sell certain products that we have. Yeah. because of the ethnicity of that city.
0: Yeah. I was wondering if that was the case. It yeah. is like
1: it's definitely that. Like, yeah. Um now I'm Indian. Yeah. Right. I'm Punjabi. Yeah. I'm a Canadian-born Sikh. Yeah. I'm second generation. Oh, well, I'm basically third generation Sikh, first generation mm-hmm. Canadian. Yeah. And me living in Surrey, I can only go to like three, four stores within 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 the city. Yeah. Get unless I want to save on foods, of course. Or a superstore, which I don't shop at really, mm-hmm. um, to find the products that I sell. Yeah. Because when you're in a community based area, it's they're looking for things that they they've had in their motherland, mm. more so. Mm-hmm. Second generation, the third different story. But if you're working in Vancouver, you're gonna go to Vancouver and shop after work because if you're gonna drive all the way home, you're not gonna go, you're not gonna go shop again.
3: Yeah. Once you're going
1: to, once you're almost headed home, you're going home. Yeah. Right. But if you're already up and let's say you work by Donald's market, for example, or you're heading that way home, you'll do a quick pick up, grab your groceries and head head out because it's, it's kind of like part of the routine.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, like going and doing my groceries, I never have a problem with my staples. Like that's just easy. It's when I want to go and I want to try something new and I want to try something different and, you know, try a product that, you know of a business that I'm about to interview and I've actually got to like go and search for it. It's the case in a lot of, you know, that's the case a lot of the times. And, uh, I see a lot of opportunity in Richmond because even though it, you know, the vast majority of the ethnicity in, um, in Richmond is Chinese, there's still a huge population that's not. And I think Correct. it's a, uh, I think that it's a, a missed opportunity for a lot of people out there.
2: Mm.
1: you got a few stores in Steveson yep. that are carrying like super grocer. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's another one, I think, called Nirvana Organics. Okay. Um. There's the Pharmasafe, of course. Yeah. You have Sun-Given Foods. Yeah. I know they're trying to diverse themselves.
0: Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah.
1: Um. Foodie was trying, but I don't know what happened to them. Okay. TNT's hit miss. Yeah. Um. You have the Price Smart, of course. They carry some things yep. on Ackroyd there. Um. There was a store way back that was called Annie's. Um, she was carrying some natural organic foods before. Yeah. From of Bridgeport Road. Okay. Um, there in the live health, if she has her store, but it's not very, you know, it's not it's not big enough for whatever's out in the market, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. If somebody was to open a store, I'm sure it would do well. Yeah. It just depends if the staff can get behind it. Yeah. To understand what it is.
0: Yeah. 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 That's the case. I can imagine. Hey. Um, when it comes to working with a distributor. What kind of assistance can you provide anybody for, you know, product launches or market research or collaborating on promotional campaigns? Is that something you guys look
1: at? With other, with other distributors?
0: Yeah. No. No, 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 no. With a brand. So yes. like if you've got a brand and they're doing like a product launch or something, sort of what sort of extent do you guys go to, to assist them with that?
1: Okay. So when they've got a product launch, we ask them, okay, what month they want to launch uh-huh. and they're saying, let's say like, okay, for instance, it's a gluten-free item. Yeah. As an example. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I want to launch, I want to launch in April. I'd be like, no, don't. Let's do May. And they're like, why? I'm like, let's see the Month. Right. It's a perfect month to start because you know you're in that, you're in that space, right? Uh-huh. So let's go with that. Then I'll be like, okay, what kind of discount are you offering? The the the, the retailer. If they're if they're giving 10, I'll throw in five. Um to the kid to our other accounts because we have programs and all these things that are involved. Whatever discount they're giving, we just pass that on. Uh-huh. So that way, it's just equal, even Steven kind of thing, right?
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and then we say, okay, do you want to do a demo? Then they'll tell us yes or no. Do you want to do an ad with a certain store? So we'll ask those information. We'll pass it on to the reps. The reps will then go to those retailers that they think were going to be successful launch and offer that on a, on a, on a, on a, on a silver platter. Uh-huh. So here's what we're going to do with the brand. Are you interested in helping us out?
0: Mm -hmm. And have you seen a lot of success out there? Because I guess everybody's getting a little bit more margin than what they would, except for the the brand at the end of the day. But I guess that comes back in the fact that they're getting more sell through, and it's a volume-based game. So they are seeing some impact there. Yeah, man. It's a really interesting space, isn't it? Like you can't do it without a distributor. And I think, you know, a lot of brands, they'll get out there and they'll sell direct in a lot of cases. At what point do you think that it makes a lot of sense for them to bring on a distributor?
1: To the point where they're working in their business and not on their business.
0: Yeah. Okay. Got it.
1: Like they'll know when the time is. Yeah. um, But the thing is, you can't just rely on a distributor to sell for you all the way through. Mm. What I recommend is if you have a brand and you have, and you're driving, let's say to a meeting and you're on the way there, you see a store and you have time to kill, walk into a quick look and be like, oh, hey, Nationwide is my distributor or XYZ is, oh, by the way, you know, I see you got space in your cooler or on your grocery shelf or I have this brand, you know, this is my brand here. Here's a sample. If you're interested, you know, call your distributor and we can talk some more. Yeah. And then, you know, because that way you're branding yourself, right? You're out there, yeah. you're. You're 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 making noise.
0: Yeah, yeah, dude. The CPG industry is such a tough game. Have you noticed that it's shifted a lot over the years? Like you've been well, in yeah. it for a while now. What have sort of been the major challenges that have come along, and how people seem to be getting around them?
1: So one of the biggest challenges has been, well, price increases and and and, mm. and for, uh, freight rates are the, is, the, is the one biggest thing. Yeah. The other is the the like. See, me being in the middle, I see a lot of things.
3: Yeah, I can imagine. Right?
1: Yeah. I see the freezing on prices. I see the price increases coming in. Yeah. With 30 to 60 days notice. So we have to eat those no matter what. But to certain retailers, we can't we can't pass them on. Mm. So we got to eat that too. Uh-huh. And that's where it gets kind of tough to manage. Um, and that's been happening a lot more than than before. Like I remember there was no price freezes. It's like, okay, month of December, we're not looking at new products. Uh, don't give us any price increases. But January 1st, sure, we'll take them. Now, no December, no Fev- no January, maybe February. Right? So it's like, it's all about timing. The manufacturer has to respect us. Yeah. Say, okay, you know, my distributor's got to get a price increase. So I got to give them 90 days' notice if they're going to pass it on to these retailers. Yeah. And have 90 day freezes. Yeah. That wasn't a thing back then
0: yeah when did all of that seem to kick in
1: i'd say it was the last five six years
0: okay and what's been the main driver of that like obviously the cost of living's consistently going up obviously we're dealing with inflation right now and you know you've got a whole host of sort of inputs that are out of our control to some degree like COVID was the war in ukraine is obviously having an impact on energy prices overseas and i'm sure that's filtering back to us somehow um what has been sort of the major driver because all of that's been going on Paul, well, not for two not for five years but obviously this it's is something that's been longer. going on for a while yeah
1: i don't want to shoot myself in the foot yeah if i do say what it is okay because there are certain major players in the industry yeah that do control not in not directly just indirectly
3: yeah they understood. have some say
1: yeah yeah so if you want to grow your business Sometimes you just got to grin and bear it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And hopefully the pendulum swings in time.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: it will. These things always shift.
1: Yeah. there's Things do. We just haven't seen it yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, mate, you've been in business for a while now. Um, and obviously, as you just suggested, you've seen a lot over the years. Yeah. Um, Tell me about sort of some particular challenges that are memorable throughout the developments of either of your businesses. I guess we haven't really touched on West Ghana Foods at all and how sort of, you know, how you sit in that world. So what does West Ghana look like and what challenges have you sort of been confronted with over the years with that business too?
1: So being a distributor, distributor you know, brain, I call it, or model. Uh, model, yeah. Going into manufacturing, it's a total different industry. Mm. Um, there's a lot of behind the scenes things you got to do to get started. And you got to basically figure out your design of your bags or your packaging. Are you going to go to can, box, you know, um, what kind of bags you're going to use? Are they biodegradable? Are they recyclable? Uh Um, Getting all your certificates, getting all your, you know, certifications, having the certifications from whoever you're supplying, whoever's supplying you, making sure they have the proper certificates to give you when you need them. And they're always every year, they're up to date. Uh Um, So a bit of that was a learning curve for me. Um, but I, I was in a business earlier, so I kind of saw behind this, saw some of that. Uh, but then things went sideways and then I started my own business with West Canada Foods uh-huh. because another, uh, manufacturer who was also, um, was doing deliveries for me, uh, Rob Hatch kind of gave me a kick in the butt and said, Hey, you're a smart kid, do it yourself. And my first thing was, I don't know where to start. He was called my design guy and we'll go from there. So the biggest hurdle is making sure that you're CFIA compliant Mm -hmm. because one little word could put you in a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, I've seen it before.
1: Right? Got to make sure your UPC codes are up to date. Yeah. You're GS1 compatible. Yeah. Making sure you're CFIA compliant. Mm -hmm. And then just building the relationship and working on pricing with your your suppliers of where you're sourcing your ingredients and then working with people around you to make sure that you're driving sales to the consumer's cupboard, is where you want to take it, not just to a shelf.
0: Mm. Good point.
1: And that's kind of what I did with West Canada. Was I, I knew what I need to retail for. Yeah. So I had to figure out how I can make that happen, so everyone is successful.
0: So where did you start? Uh, I started in 2019.
1: Yeah. Uh, May was our, you know, was when we we started the company's company incorporated in February. Yeah, first order came in May through Nationwide, of course. Yeah, and I had three SKUs I started with, which was uh, organic quick rolled steel cut flakes. That's all I had, and I just slowly just built it back up. And we're in our third 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 fourth year now, actually. Yeah, four. Yeah, fourth year of business. Things are going smooth. My daughter's coming to the company now in her third year of university. Unreal. And She's finished, but now she's taking summer classes. Plus, she's doing a social media course just to. You know, and I'm like, you know what? If that's what you want to do. Start brand managing my products, and we can build from there, and see where it goes. That's cool. And since that's happened before before this podcast, uh, me and my friends just bought another company. I'm not sure if you know or not, but Danielle and Cam on a company called What the Flower. Okay. Um, me and my friends just bought that company as of last week. Congratulations. And thank you very much. And now we've taken over that, and I'm kind of using the same business model. That I have for West Canada, yeah, and my daughter will be brand managing that brand as well.
0: Unreal, that's cool. So purchasing a business, how did you go through that process? Like, was that something that was a uh, that was new for you? I guess had um to you know look at a business, look at all of the financials, see the opportunity in it, and go, yeah, this is something I want to do. Like, what were you looking for here?
1: Well, look for to complement what we do already at nationwide. Yeah, but keep it separate. Yeah. Because that way, if somebody else wants to carry the brand, there's no yeah. conflict of interest. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no, I'm not going to slight anybody. It's a yeah. separate entity by itself. Yeah. Um, so what, I've been actually looking at other businesses previously as well mm. in the food space. Uh, not in the food space. Um, you know, we've looked at um, all called beverages. Looked at, you know, the dream, of course, of mine would be left owning a pub or a bar.
2: Uh-huh. but
1: if That ever happens. It happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um so we got this opportunity because I lost over a couple other ones in the past. I was like, hey, this is a good thing. It complements what I do with West Canada. Yeah. It complements what I do at nationwide.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, I know you guys are busy in your own personal, personal businesses that you guys have, as well as your day-to-day stuff. If we set it up, structure it right, I can manage it, no questions asked. And we can have a social media team behind us as well as nationwide Salesforce. So mm-hmm. it won't drive the sales that we need to drive
0: it's like the infrastructure is already in place for you exactly yeah cool that's cool and so uh when does the rubber hit the road for that I guess all of the inks dried now and it's a matter of like picking up the reins
1: that's pretty much it so um we're trying to right now just uh get the got the social media going thanks, mm-hmm. thanks to Danielle yeah she put out a little great article about us which I really appreciate. Uh, now we're trying to get our, you know, our bank info done, get the corporation papers ready to go. Uh-huh. Once that's done, I start working on the costing model, start working with the, you know, with the with the formulation, get that off the ground. We have product ready in our warehouse, get that onto, get it to the retailers, Yeah. into the stores. And then it's just status quo.
0: Yeah, that's easy. Um, where is it manufactured? Where's your facility?
1: It's in Coquitlam.
0: Okay, cool. Not too far from where you are? No. Yeah, that's convenient.
1: So we get it all done there. It's just a matter of now. Our goal is to lower the price, is what we're looking at, and maybe change the sizing at some point. But uh-huh. we'll probably do we're gonna see if people are interested in a, in a smaller size and, and the cost per serving is the same price, then it's yep. you know it works out great. Yeah, That's kind of the goal that we're after.
0: Yeah, cool. So scales of economy work in your favor there. Is that how you're gonna drive down price?
1: Exactly. That's the goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah that makes a lot of business sense to me. It's a, um, it's a fine balance though, isn't it? You know, like, um, all of those inputs as we were suggesting before, they're not cheap. So, you know, a reformulation, is that something that you're looking at? Like, um, you mentioned, a like a shift of the ingredients or a reformulation, but
1: we wouldn't really reform with like, we like the mix the way it is. Yeah. 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 Um, the blend's all cool. I just want to, just want to make sure that we can put it into a smaller bag. Got it. And we have to retweak yeah. that portion to portion to make, We have some that's like 1.8 kg bag. Yeah, might go to one kg bag instead. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Or a
1: 908 gram bag. Just trying to figure out what, and then you know that's once we run out of the packaging, that's kind of the plan that we're trying to go after. Yeah, got it. So it's just a matter of trying to keep everything the same, Mm -hmm. but lower the price.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Or some come to the opposite; they go to a smaller bag, keep the pricing the same. Mm. That's not my goal. Yeah, it's a goal with the. I want to make sure that if it was. Let's just say it's ten ninety nine retail for a, a one kg bag, and we go to a seven hundred gram bag. Well, I want to be seven ninety nine.
0: Drop it down. Yeah, yeah,
1: mate. Right. Retail. That's kind of where I'm. I'm hoping to go.
0: Yeah, got it, mate. Obviously, being a business is pretty exciting as something that um you've been going after for a while. Right now, what is it specifically about business that you love? Like, is it the chase of the sale? Is it like what is it specifically that you love about business?
1: It's no day is the same day. Like, every day is different. Yeah. Um, no two days are the same. And you can get a high off. Yeah, basically, you can get a high off and get, a, you know, depending on what you're doing. Mm. And when you see something, you feel happy. You know, like, yeah, you're going to lose some battles. It's business. But every time you win one, a smile will always pop on your face. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not going to be grumpy when you when you win when you win. And if you're winning every day, you're succeeding. Yeah. Like I say, life throws you lemons, just make some lemonade. Mm-hmm. It tastes pretty good.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Mate, um, juggling so many bowls, obviously you've got the two businesses, you've just acquired a third right now. How are you going to manage your time? Like, do you have people that you can delegate to? Like, what does sort of the support team look around you? What does that so, look like?
1: So nationwide's already delegated out where it needs to be to a yeah. certain degree. Yeah. I'm still involved in the day-to-day operations, but that's just the mind I have to take care of yeah um with with West Canada and what the flower right now it's kind of like on me and my sales team to drive the sales mm-hmm. with my daughter in the back end helping out with the story of why we're doing what we're doing yeah you know um and that's kind of where we're at right now and over time hopefully my younger daughter will come into play. Um, my friend's daughter's at least 20 something years away because she's only two and I think two, two years old now. By the way, just got married, so he's a while away. Yeah, but the idea is to pass something on to the kids if they want it. Yeah, great. Yeah, if they don't, then we'll look elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, maybe Daniel will come back to us saying, I want my company back, and yeah, we can talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's cool. It's nice just to build something, though, isn't it?
1: Yep. that's what it is. Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 it's just to build it day by day.
0: Yeah. 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 Are you happy with your day to day? Is it ideal for what you like in, you know, the balance that you like to have in life? Is it sort of, you know, leaning in the direction of a bit too much work at the moment? Like how you manage to sort of, you know, keep that balance.
1: Yeah. I have good days and bad days. Yeah. Um, Some days it's really overwhelming. It just means I have to, like the cool things I can, I can mix the three together. Yeah. Because it's all, it's all through email. Or yep. computer, or on website. But for to me to do, let's say, a meeting, or to go to look at something, um, or do a walkthrough, that's when it gets tricky. Mm-hmm. That's when I got to kind of plan my days in a way where everything's OK. Like, hey, 30 in the morning, you want to do a meeting for Nationwide? Fine, I'm with you at 6.30 till about 10. Yep. After that, I'm out of the office, even though technically I'm still here. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're never really offline.
1: No, not till yeah. 10.30. And I'm definitely offline. <laughs> That's your cutoff, ten thirty in the evening. Yeah, you know what? Most of my customers, my manufacturers, the brokers, yeah, except my two colleagues. Um, by six o'clock, everything's pretty much shut down.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're just playing catch up.
1: Yeah, I look at the odd email, or you know, if I want to reply to it, I reply to it. If I can wait till tomorrow, I'll deal with it tomorrow. If it's something simple, why don't you why don't you get it on your inbox while you can, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what? It's so easy to be tied to that computer though, isn't it? Yes. It, yeah, and your phone as well. I'd imagine do you leave the phone on the table at home and not pick it up again, or are you sort of tied to that as well?
1: So I went from one computer screen to three yeah. at work. At home I have two. Yeah. Um, so I have my phone on my by my mic wherever I'm sitting on my couch or my sofa or my recliner, the phone beside me, if a commercial comes on, I'm on my phone. Yeah. Checking what's going on the two minutes right look at commercials i'll spend those two minutes checking my emails emails are answered okay back to you know uh-huh. luckily i have uh i have a, um a PVR, so if a show comes back on I just pause it Catch yeah. what i'm doing hit play watch it again and then when the commercial comes on i'll pause it and then i'll just do my work and then Away I go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, mate. You know, it's funny. We don't actually have TV at home. We just have like Netflix and Prime and stuff like that. So I can always hit pause or something. But, you know, it's like, um, I guess your kids are a little bit older now. My kids are quite young. So they do need a lot of, you know, time and attention and so on. Yeah. Um, how, When you were working throughout the days where your children are young, how did you manage to find that balance?
1: So I screwed up a couple of times where I didn't have no balance. It was all um. work, work, work. Yeah. Um, where it really hit me was in Disneyland. Um, one because I saw my bill. <laughs> the other reason is I saw my kids were, you know, they wanted to go on rides, and I kept saying, "No, you guys go." And I'm on my phone, just emailing, texting. Yeah. The whole week that I was in Disneyland.
3: Yeah, it sucks.
1: And then it hit me when I came home. It was like, "Well, oh, it was a good trip." She goes, "She goes, you spent one day with us. That's it." It was better if you're not even coming. Like the girls want to go on the rides. You brush them off. You didn't go on any. Yeah, she goes, I went. I don't go on rides. I'm like, okay, next year I'll change that. I promise you. Uh-huh. So next year, I go, sorry, guys, I'm not going. I'll, I'll come to you guys on. So I compromise. Okay, look, when you're going to the mall or something, I don't want to go to the mall. So you want to get the kids to the mall? Go ahead. I'm going to hang back in the hotel and do my work. Is that yeah. fair? She goes, yeah, go ahead then. That's a compromise. I'll, I'll accept that. But when I come back, you got to be focused. Okay. So that's how I gradually started kind of balancing my time. Yeah. And then when my daughters were in soccer. That's where I got to spend time with them because I was coaching. Yeah. So, you know, every Tuesday, no, yeah, every Tuesday for a Thursday from seven o'clock to nine o'clock, I was with my girls. Then every Sunday at soccer, I was coaching their games. So that's kind of how I got my balance.
0: Mm. Dedicating like brackets of time.
1: Exactly. Had to.
0: That's cool to hear. Yeah, no, I hear a lot of founders. They uh, they really struggle to find that balance in life. And you know, the last thing you want is a regret. You know, like at the end of the day, regret the time that you could have spent with your family. Yeah, I can imagine that would be a uh, a tough one. But it's cool to see that you came out the other side of it.
1: Oh yeah, don't no, great. Like my wife just like she worked for me she's like, hey, look, I know certain things you want to do. I know you don't want to go shopping. You don't like it. You hate it. So guess what? <laughs> While I'm going shopping, the girls want to go because they want to buy stuff. You're going to let them buy whatever they want. Yeah. So I'm not going to say no. You know, you go on your computer or your phone or do whatever you got to do. But when we come back, we're going here. We're going to go eat. We're going to go do this. I'm like, yeah, that's great. So we watched a couple of movies. We went for dinner. You know, went to the pool. Yeah. It was It was, It was. was perfect.
0: That's cool. Mate, I'm getting back to the business So when you're looking forward, like you're projecting forward to five years, for example, what's your end state? Like, do you go, Hey, this is where I want to take the business. And these are the steps that I have to take now so that we can be where we want to be in five years time. And how are you sort of like dreaming up what that sort of future looks like for all of your businesses?
1: So it all comes to having structure and people in the right place that can do the things that you want.
2: Uh
3: So
1: you don't need to do, well, you can still observe but you're not micromanaging. Uh-huh. Because if you micromanage, you want to just do it yourself. It, it, that's what it comes down to. So for me, I'm kind of planning in a way like, okay, we have a new world's getting built. What do I need for my new world's and what do I want? How do I want it structured? Okay, uh-huh. I want this, I want this, I want this. Am I taking those steps to that? Okay, once that's done, what's the plan? The plan obviously is for me to have, you know, my dad and myself at the top, and then from there, people underneath, from there, people underneath them, and then people under there, and everyone working together as a team. So it's not like you know, it's a not a not a bunch of bosses, but mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of but a lot of teammates.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: With the coach on the top and the GM observing the coach. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I'm trying to like a hockey team. Yeah. Trying to try to make it the same structure as a hockey team.
0: Right. That's interesting. And you mentioned that you play bowl hockey. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like there are so many correlations between business and sport in the way that, um, that you can run the operation. I, uh, I had, um, Austin from Sweet Nutrition on, they're based out in Saskatchewan and he was a hockey player back in the day. And I asked him the same question, like when you're running your business, how do you sort of like think about it? Like you think about it like an athlete, the way that you prepare, the way that you sort of, um, you know, review you know, how something has gone, like a marketing campaign. Like, do you do a wash up at the end of the day, like you would at the end of a hockey game? And a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Where did you pick that up from?
1: Just Naturally.
0: Just made sense.
1: Yeah. Well, from coaching my daughter's soccer team, that's kind yep. of where it started mm-hmm. because you have to, you have girls that have, they just start kicking the ball. Yeah. So based on how they play, you got to put them in certain spots to see how they do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So obviously you start one at a goalie, two at defense, Two on the wing because you have five girls to start with, yeah, and one and one is a striker. And, and then you just kind of start figuring out okay, this girl's kind of you know, she's quick, so maybe I should move her up. Oh, this one's you know, she, she's she got a, a strong kick, can I put her in defense?
2: Uh-huh. Oh,
1: this one's got great hands, okay, I should put her at goalie,
2: uh-huh.
1: right? Uh-huh. So this one can jump, okay, maybe I should put her at goalie, just little things like that. And then from there, you should build your structures, it's the same. And from there, you realize, like, hey. Mm. What I'm doing at soccer is what i shooting at my dad's company Yeah. and just kind of play it that way. Like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. Now go find that person, mm. right? I don't, I don't care about the age. I don't care about the sex. I'm looking at what you know and how you can do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can be 70 years old, but if you work like a 40-year-old, I ain't going to say no to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you made any internal moves or restructures that have, you know, based on the fact that you think that someone would be better suited somewhere else within the business?
1: So there's been a few inklings where we had a person in the office. He was more suited for the warehouse. Uh-huh. So he said, listen, try this role instead. See how you do. Um, Bernadette has been with me since day one. She's come up the ranks. Uh-huh. Um, she started off. I'll start off as inside sales. I'm inside sales. You know, she was our key CSR rep. And now she's our sales and brand manager. Uh-huh. So I will promote those as they're coming up. Yeah. Um, Lorraine was basically our AR, you know, AR clerk now she's our, you know, accounts receivable slash billing manager,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Uh, and as our finance manager, he was our AP clerk when he first came. Um, so I always try to do it within the company. Don't want to go outside the company. Yep. It's easier that way. Yep. And it, give, it gives them, it shows them that, yeah, okay, there's something here. Because, mm. you know, we're not big box. We're not corporate. Yep. Um, I'm not going to be corporate. I can't be corporate um, because I don't have that mentality. I like, I like being laid back. Yeah. So you're, you're going to see me in sweats and a t shirt if you come to nationwide. Yeah. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Or I'll, or I'll wear hockey jerseys or something. Yeah. Or a hoodie. Yeah. Because that's who I am. Yeah. That's yeah, my just yeah. at home. This is my second home.
0: Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> I believe it with the amount of hours that you'd put in. Um, it's also nice to know for your employees that when they're working for a family business, that there is opportunity to grow within that business too. Correct. Yeah. Something to be said about that.
1: Right. There's life at the, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I also really like the fact that you know, if you put in the hours and you put in the time, and you are a damn good employee, that you will get rewarded for it too. Yeah.
1: And around here, I don't mind being told if I'm wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I need that. Yeah. Right. Then that shows me person cares. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I won't lie to you. There's times where I've said things to see if they actually care or not. Yeah. To see if they're actually listening. To see if that what i'm saying is a good idea or a bad idea
3: yeah yeah some have
1: some have failed and some have caught on so you're, <laughs> like randy i don't think so ago, are you crazy I'm like what do you mean no we shouldn't do that like that's going to cost this much money and we can just do this i'm like oh okay yeah i like what you're saying
0: yeah 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 like, wait,
1: you're just joking around I'm like yeah i was i want to see
0: yeah 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 um what involvement does your dad have in the business still
1: he comes in about 4. 30, 5 o'clock, give or take. He likes to be in the warehouse. Early. Hang out with the boys. Oh yeah, he's an early bird. Yeah. Hang out with the boys, likes to load the truck up or to have the truck loaded by with him and his buddy. Well, I call him his buddy, because he's known Donnie for so many years. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? That's what you want to do. I'm not going to interfere. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, you're 73 years old. If that's where you like to be.
0: Gives you know, him purpose.
1: It's it's yeah, it's it's yours. Mm you know, when the time comes, you're saying it's line Till I see it on paper. You do your thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got, other things to, I got other things to worry about that are more important than, you know, seeing you in the warehouse at five o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, it's
0: cool to hear that he's still at it though. Like it's when people, you know, they retire and they sit at home and that's when people deteriorate. But if yes. they've still got a purpose and they're still getting out and using their hands and using their mind, it's amazing how sharp. Well, people can
1: remain. That's his fear. I know that's his fear. Mm. It's like, okay, you know, I'm 73. I don't want my mind to slow down, or my body to slow down. So he's got other projects as well, besides mm-hmm. nationwide. So he's got his hands in many pots, too. Mm. I think that's kind of where I got it from. Mm. Where it's like, if he can do this, I can do this. Yeah. You know, he came in Canada in 72. Mm-hmm. I'm born in 74. So, you know, so it's kind of like, if he can do it, I can do one better. Is that? That challenge and he's my challenge if that makes any Yeah, no, sense. it does.
0: Yeah, yeah. When he came out, was it that typical immigration story where they, you know, he came out and he had like ten dollars to his name or exactly. something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah That's amazing. Yeah.
1: That's exactly what he said.
0: Yeah. Ten dollars Canadian. Ten bucks, eh? It's amazing what you can do with ten bucks.
1: Yeah. He was living in a relative's house, looking for a place to live, over a conversation, and within twenty four hours went and bought something.
0: Yeah. But you, and you said he was a janitor to start with? Sorry? Did yep. you say that he was the janitor to start with? Yeah.
1: He had two jobs, no, three jobs. Yeah. He was working seven days a week. Holy shit. That's why I was raised in merit, because for the first five years, after I was born, my mom was working two jobs. My dad was working three jobs. Yeah. So, you know, to make, make things happen, yeah, that's what they did.
0: That was the sacrifice. Damn, hats off to them, hey.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Gave you the life that you've got.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, luckily because that gave me that bond to my grandma. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Who I, you know, cherish and worship my grandfather as well because, you know, they kind of raised me. They kind of like took me as their, you know, their their fifth son, because they already yeah. had four,
0: right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they took one <them> diapers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, mate. Hey, um, what are we missing from the conversation? Obviously, we've cut a lot of ground on distribution and the businesses that you've uh, purchased and that you're operating. What does everybody need to hear when it comes to working with a distributor? I think that if we're thinking about the people that are listening today as you know, small um, owners and operators of CPG brands or entrepreneurs that are just getting an idea going, And, um, you know, some people may be working with the distributor, some people may be working with a broker, and some people it's like, it's something that they need to do. So what does everybody need to hear? Like, what's a critical piece of the conversation that we've missed?
1: If you're new to the industry and you have an idea, first things first you should do is go look at not your everyday grocery store
0: not a save on for example exactly yeah
1: go to an independent grocery store ma pop or a certain chain that's not too big mm-hmm. um or an independent grocery store like that's in you know that, that, that's buzzing in the area or that people are talk about in the in the local newspaper yeah go in there talk to them ask them give them an idea what you're thinking of doing or walk their shelves Everyone's going to give it, give a piece of, you know, help out where they can. From there, ask about who they work with. What spirit do they like working with? You know, are they easy going? Uh-huh. Are they easy to reach? Or is it you know a corporation where you got to go through layers and layers of people mm. to get you an answer? Because there are a few like that, and there's some some of them that are, that are like me, that you want an answer, I'll give you an answer. Yeah. Then from there, make sure you. Have the funding behind you to do what you want to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because when you go in volume, you're going to save money. If you're going to go itsy bitsy, you're going to pay a lot. Mm-hmm. So you got to really understand and have some financial backing behind you. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying go take a million dollar loan from a bank, yeah. but maybe talk to BDC or FCC um, or Van City. I um, yep. kind of work with small businesses and entrepreneurs more so, especially when you're going in the food space. They're kind of easygoing, and they'll give you some advice that might help you along the way. Mm-hmm.
0: It was interesting. I just spoke to Sean Leggett from Ground Up Eco Ventures, based out in um, the Okotoks in Calgary, right. and we were talking about funding. And I'm like, you know, what's the one thing that you'd recommend to everybody? Is like, if you think you need a hundred thousand, you actually need two hundred thousand. You probably need to double what you think you need when it comes to sort of like founder startup um, funding. Would you suggest that that rings true as well? Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: because I'll give you an example. Packaging alone mm-hmm. could cost you anywhere from five dollars to thirty cents. Yeah, yeah. You figure out how, how, where you want to go, mm-hmm. because that one package could kill you in the market.
0: Yep. Or, yeah, it's the conversation I have every day. Scales or, of economy work in exactly. your favor when it comes to packaging. Yeah, you
1: have to look at that. Yeah. Right, and you can't just take one price. Uh-huh. You gotta take. You gotta open the phone book. Uh-huh. which are obsolete these days. So go on Google, or go to foralum.ca, key in the word packaging, and start looking.
0: And call What's me. <laughs> and or call they call me. you, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm happy to negotiate. I don't think a lot of people. It's really funny. You work in sales. You put a price out there and you know it's really easy to sort of determine what our selling price is It's we've got our cost uh which is in usd we work out what the exchange rate is what shipping is and then we've got our margin that we tack onto it and then we put it out into the world and there will be some customers who want to negotiate and i always love to negotiate like it's awesome and then there are some people like you price too high and i'm like okay well are you willing to you know where where are we going here? Like are we gonna have a conversation about this? And some people do and some people don't. It's really strange that some people don't understand the sales process, you know? Yeah. But there's always a conversation to be had. That's the point I'm trying to
1: make. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, no, it's in any industry. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, like I've told people like like when it comes to like like I go my package like, okay. Look, mm. I know what I need to do it for because I didn't want to keep my car price at this. Yeah. Can you work with me? yeah well how much do i gotta buy mm. so it's feasible for you yeah that's feasible for me to achieve what i need yeah right because obviously there's there's volume involved so. yeah If you're only doing a thousand bags you're like i can't give you what you want for a thousand bags yeah
0: you're gonna pay for it yeah, yeah if you're a hundred
1: thousand bags yeah a different story now we're talking you know we're not talking pennies and cents here we're talking some volume That's yeah, yeah. let's sit down and talk what i can do for you
0: yeah exactly right yes yeah. it's yeah. just like
1: boxes the more you're gonna buy, the less the price is gonna be because cardboard has gone up so much.
0: Yeah, it has, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So you gotta have that kind of money behind you, but that's not all you need. You also gotta understand that when you're doing if you want to go to the big boys,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you need money just to pay them to be on their shelf. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Pay to some play. charge
1: and some don't. Yeah. Or some will say, I won't charge you, but this is the program I want you to match. Mm-hmm. So how are you gonna match your program if you don't have the funding there for the for the product.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think people realize how expensive it actually is to get into the game.
1: It can be, it can actually put you out of business.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So you know, if you want to start somewhere, the independent market is probably the best place to start
2: mm-hmm.
1: because the people they they're they're people working in their own stores,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so they're not going to guide you in the wrong way because they themselves want to succeed.
0: Yeah, they, I was going to say, they want to be successful too, don't they? Yeah,
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, mate. Well, that's really interesting. Listen, Randy, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. If anybody wanted to get in touch with you to learn a little bit more about what you do at um, either nat- uh, Nationwide or at West Ghana, what's the best way for them to go about it?
1: So the best way is to call me. My number is 778-885-0348. If you don't catch me, text me or you can email me at this nice new shortened email address, which is randy, R A N D Y, at nnfd.ca, which stands for Nationwide Natural Foods Distributor.ca.
0: Perfect, mate. I'm going to have all of that down in the show notes so people can just scroll on down and click on the links and uh, give you a call. So thank you very much, mate. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Aiden. I really appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Pleasure talking.
0: Cheers. All right. Thanks again for listening into episode 125 with Randy. If you've got any questions or comments from today's episode, or you would like to get in touch with me to see how I can assist you with your packaging or packaging equipment, all of the links that you need to get in touch can be found down in the show notes below. All right. Thanks again. Hope you all have a great week and I'll see you back here for another great conversation shortly. Cheers.